Welcome to the Classroom Brew Podcast. Previously on Classroom Brew. It's very goth. Okay. okay. Emo wasn't a thing quite oh, yet. Oh, they, they were around and I hated them. Um, <laughs> Goths versus emos. It's a real fight because there are two different camps of the same dark army, but we are very, very different. That's going to be a show on HBO or something. <laughs> Goths versus emos. Dark hearts versus clouded souls or something like that. This week's episode is part two of my conversation with Diana. The only podcast that combines teachers having an honest conversation over a couple of beers. Something like that. (laughs) Um, And I didn't really have a lot of friends. I was more into drama and to music and that sort of thing. But like, I never went to parties or anything, but I just really... I was more, I guess, defiant quietly. Okay. Like I wasn't like a teacher that would get, I wasn't a student that would tell the teacher, go fuck yourself or something. Mm. I would just, was more of an eye roller. <laughs> Your future you is thanking you for that. <laughs> There's no bad karma there. <laughs> right. I just thought that most adults were full of shit and I was actually right. And <laughs> that's, that's tr- I wonder if like the young you would be in your class now, what they would think of, or what what the old you would think, not the old you, the young you would think of the new you, like as a teacher? I hope I would like me. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I would be, I'd probably be skeptical at first. I was such a below the radar kid, I don't think I would have an opinion. Like as a student, I was below the radar, but I don't know, because I also, it's me, it's really hard to separate myself from myself. It's almost impossible, but, but yeah. Well, anyways, a goth as a kid. Goth kid. And so, and I had a lot of personal problems, lots of family problems. And Mm. so I like to relate more to those kids that are having personal problems, those kids who are having family problems, who are dealing with poverty, who are dealing with issues. Like I have a very smart kid who's in my eighth grade class and he just used to not do work at all, did not do work at all. And then finally, I got rid of homework, and I just had work completed during class. And surprisingly, he started getting all of his work done. He started engaging more. He stopped, you know, melding himself into the background. And I started to see better results. I think that with your more defiant students, like no matter how loud or quiet they are, you have to show that you care Mm -hmm. and that you're emotionally invested in them. Because (laughs) if you're just this cardboard white savior coming in to save them from the darkness, they're going to hate you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think Two Cents is going to have a problem with is just seeming genuine and like she understands. Right. Because I fucking love the defiant kids. I'm like, I get you. Most adults suck. I don't like them either. That's why I'm a teacher, so I can hang out with kids all day. Yeah, yeah. I think there is something to be said, though. Like you talked about the disposition of somebody. I feel like there are people that they just struggle with it because they want things a certain way, and they're just going to hit the brick wall until things are almost kind of where they want it. Like, there's some teachers in my building that they're constantly just yelling at people. Yes, I'm not a yeller. I'm not a big yeller. I have to admit, though, the last couple days, though, my honors group, they really pushed it. And we the unit assessment wasn't able to happen before the quarter ended. Uh, But it was probably the first time I've lost my cool where I was like, all right, that's it. We're doing a writing assignment. We're not doing. (laughs) So that's they were probably like, oh, shit. Like they got dead silent right after that because they were like, we've never seen this before from him. But it happens. 
I had an algebra teacher in the ninth grade. This was hilarious. He was a rather uh, rotund man. Rotund man. <laughs> he That's was, a first. He was quite rotund. That's the new title. <laughs> and he was we people just kept i didn't mess with him i was just in the back rolling my eyes and thinking of dark things but the rest of them <laughs> can't just say that and move on i thought about dark things like what do you like i'm picturing the worst now no i was just thinking about like you know what dark outfit i should get or maybe what weird makeup i should do or Oh, that would be a fun dance to do to the Queen of the Damned soundtrack. Those kinds of dark things. I wasn't okay. plotting murder or something. <laughs> that's, that's what Jeez. I was going to, yeah. That was someone, someone asked, like, if you had a death list, would you use it? Like, you get, like, a list, and if you write someone's name. Like, that's what I was picturing you were thinking of. Like, no. who's on my list? I wouldn't murder anybody. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, the rest of the kids were just being assholes. And this teacher, it was his first year, and he just had enough. And he got pissed and he was scre- and he's a fat man so he rotund. Co- rotund. rotund. <laughs> and so he was getting beat red and pounding on his desk and everyone was like oh, we broke him oh god did he return for year two <laughs> yes and by okay. the time i go. had him as a senior for trigonometry he was totally different there you go he was like just very nonchalant kids don't write on my desks. It makes the leather arm patches of my Letterman jacket black. I would appreciate you not to write on my desks. Don't write on the wall. I don't need to know that you love peaches. And we looked at the wall and it said, I, I love, love peaches. peaches. <laughs> <laughs> just He had a totally more like, I'm over this shit. I'm just yeah. going to teach you. You're going to learn or not. I don't care. Yeah. that's <laughs> He's almost broken, but it might have been more effective. You never know. I have a few that like they're like that. They're on the sidelines because you're like, you know what? It's not worth it. Which is sad, but just to not get emotional. It's much easier if you you're not sure, emotionally you involved. You for sure have to detach because some of those kids, especially like at the high school level, when like we're teaching them, they should call it something else, but it's argumentative literacy, so, you know, supporting <laughs> a claim with evidence. And sometimes they make these good arguments, but it, it's it's rooted in like falsehoods. Like I'm not. I'm only using my phone for two seconds. I'm still doing my work, and it's like that's yeah, it's not the thing. But if you even start to engage in that, so my big thing is I just cut it off and I say, you know what. I asked you to do such and such. Please do. Like you, you have that choice right there, but there's a lot of teachers that they still engage in that power struggle. You can't do that. That's all the kids want sometimes is to, to give that power struggle and you can't lose a power struggle though. Yeah. Then they'll, they'll all know you're weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, I, you don't even engage in it. You just move on. Absolutely. That's the biggest line. Like we'll talk about this later. <laughs> sometimes I remember and then you do it individually, but that's the biggest trick. I've had a few choice moments where I was the asshole. And whenever I was, I was just like, I'm sorry. I think that whenever you do make a mistake as a teacher, when you wrong somebody, I think that you do have to say, mm-hmm. I was mistaken. I am sorry. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times, because for instance, like a few weeks ago, I had this one kid, he's always sleeping in my class. And I just was like, do not sleep in my class anymore. And then he was just, I still thought he was sleeping, still thought he was, I'm like, fine, get out. So I made him wait in the hall. I was just frustrated. I'm like, tired of this kid sleeping in my class. <laughs> and so I went out there to go talk to him later. And it turns out the dude had pink eye. And I'm like, oh, Ugh. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I'm so sorry. <laughs> go to the office. Call somebody. My, yeah, my yeah. apologies. And he was just, okay then. All right. That does go a long way to, so like my big thing is I, I if a kid comes in or something like that, I like to say to them to make sure they know it. It's it's like a positive reinforcement where you say, hey, I appreciate you. Something quick like that. Mm-hmm. 
it's really a lot of people struggle with saying I'm sorry. I apologize though sounds more formal. It's more direct and it's putting I in there instead of like sorry and it's easier for me to say somehow like if I like make a mistake or if I don't realize something with a student saying I apologize and the look on their faces they just 100% shift. Right. Because you're showing that, you know, I'm human too. We right. all, you make mistakes, I make mistakes. Right. Let's do this. Especially when, uh, kind of like when we always assume that our teacher just folded up and went into the closet. When they see those human moments, you get a much better interaction with them moving forward. Or like the, the kids that they have a blow up at you or like they're not appropriate with you or something like that. And then, like I got an email today, for example, even though there was no school from a student, and he sent me a really nice email saying, "Like, um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it together for fourth quarter. I apologize. I've had a lot going on. Um, I'd like to sit down and talk to you about it. Uh, if you ever redirect me, if I'm not doing my stuff, you're never gonna hear any attitude from me for the rest of the year." And I was like, oh, "Wishful thinking, but like, you know what? I appreciated that effort. I mean, it's sent him something. a nice response. Yeah, and he was cognizant of it. And I know he's not like that just with me. He's got a lot going on. But it's like, you know what?" I appreciate you saying that. That probably took a lot because kids their age probably don't want to have to admit when they're wrong. I know I didn't. Oh, no. Especially when you're a teenager or you're a preteen, like I, a lot of my kids are preteens. Mm-hmm. You never admit you're wrong. You never look outside of yourself. Like I have this one child in my classroom who I'm sh- has a lot of psychological problems. I don't know why she does because she's got really devoted parents. I don't know if there's any weird stuff going on at home. She's off psychologically. And... We were doing like, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? You know, just sort of like as a bell ring or warm up at the beginning of the day, just oh, kind of get the juices flowing. <laughs> and hers was, don't ever trust people who will betray you in the end. And I just Jeez. said, okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Moving oh, <God>. on. <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's Those are kind of when those backfire and you're like, God damn it. Like, I just wanted this one. Like, just give me this one. Just something simple, something not complicated or right. weird. Low stakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and it somehow backfires anyway. But damn. But anyway. Um, most of my weekends are consumed with family stuff. And then I spend most of Sunday just grading because mm-hmm. I don't grade after school. I can't do it. I'm just so emotionally worn thin that when I, I come home, I just need to vegetate. So your, your time to do like planning and grading is the weekends then. So like weeknights are hundred percent like separation of work and home. I have to, because during the first part of the year, I was grading and working and trying to do it all, and it just was wearing me out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of teachers do get burned out, is that they're constantly working, and they're constantly grading, constantly planning, constantly doing this, doing that. I also run an after-school club, so it's like even after school... so draining. It is, and... I have a little bit of support from the school, but I'm definitely not getting paid for this. It's just something I do out of the kindness of my heart. Um, but what, what is the club? It's a music club. Okay. And cool. I've got some keyboards and I've got a piano in my room and I just teach kids basically how to play piano, basics of reading go. music, learning songs they want to learn. Hmm. How many kids do you usually get? Anywhere from maybe five regulars to our like, eight or ten but i don't have that okay. many keyboards and i sure. prefer to keep it kind of small right because you don't want to spread the word too much now. then it's like a <laughs> cacophony of sound and then i got a bunch of kids because there's only so much attention i can devote to each child right 
So I prefer to keep the numbers um, low. And there's a girl, she brings her guitar and I don't play guitar. So I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do for you, but I can be like, yeah, good job. <laughs> Here's a note that you can, because <laughs> you don't know the, the frets and all that stuff. I didn't think of uh-uh. that. I know a G chord, C chord, and D chord. And that's my uh, ex- you know, <laughs> knowledge know of guitar. I bought a ukulele, but it, I tried it for like a few months and I was like, in my mind, I was like, don't quit on it. I know that that's like really tempting and it still happened. <laughs> that was years ago. Yeah. It's hard. Um, at your school, do you feel like there are some teachers that do everything? Oh, God, And then yeah. some teachers that just don't do jack shit? Mm-hmm. And part of it is uh, some teachers, they have that A-type personality, type A personality type of thing, type of thing. Uh, whereas others, like, they might be, they've gone through, like, the ringer. Like, there's a, a math teacher, for example, I won't say his name or anything, but he's gone through a lot. Like, he's told me stories of, like, things that students have done to other students that, he was there for and he couldn't do anything about it. And he's just so worn out. Jeez. And so he's just uninvested. But then there's also other teachers that they're like, yeah, I got it. I got it easy. I just come, I teach, I do some planning, I leave. And then there's a teacher that teaches like every single class period has zero preps, does like five or six types of courses. Uh, they also do like outside stuff for like no extra money in a club. And I'm like, geez, I, I teach and I coach after school and I'm exhausted from that and I feel like I'm kind of lazy when I get home because even on the weekends I still have that work and home separation where I don't I can't tell you the last time I actually planned in this room on that laptop in front of me because I've been trying to like work during a lunch or something because I feel like I'm already starting to get towards that point when I'm like exhausted and I have dreams about being at work and then I wake up and it's time to go to work Mm -hmm. and I almost feel a little bit guilty or there's another podcaster, uh, his name is Brian, it's called the Lazy Teacher Podcast, and he he has all these these beliefs or like these uh, feelings of guilt where he's like, I feel like compared to other teachers, I look lazy. It doesn't mean I don't care about my job or I'm not good at my job or I'm not invested, but there's that guilt, and I'm starting to kind of see that as I, just because I'm separating my life, you know, uh, compartmentalizing. Yeah. That's something that I think a lot of people don't understand about teachers is that we do have our own lives, Mm -hmm. Um, especially for me, because I have a husband, I have two kids Mm -hmm. and one of whom is an infant. So yeah. (laughs) And applause to you. That's a lot to juggle. It's a heck of a lot to juggle. And sometimes I feel like I don't even get to sit down and breathe until 830 at night once everybody's fed and put into bed and dishes are done. Right. And even then you're too tired to eat. And yeah, I just want to sit there with a glass of wine and relax. This has carbs in it. I'm good. It's like, I would love to work out and be like a fit person, but I'm just like, I'm just too tired. I just want to drink and forget my problems and then go to sleep yeah. at 10 and wake up at five because it's what I do now. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, But I think a lot of people have weird expectations for teacher lists, like that we're not supposed to have our own families, that we're not supposed to have our own interests. It's like we're not even real people. Mm-hmm. We're just supposed to be like wonder people that are just supposed to like care about each individual child and help each individual child get to their own strengths and I don't think that other professionals are expected to do that to the same degree as we are wouldn't you say I really envy those people that they have a nine to five and work stays at work oh my god yes I like my I remember my dad uh, when I was a kid, he did like sales from like body shop to body shop and he was constantly working till like midnight. And I was like, you know what? I want a job where I don't have to do that. I can relax at home and fast forward like 10 years and here I am and I still have stuff, uh, at least before I made that compartmentalization decision. 
and I'm doing stuff at home and it's not a nine to five, even though I don't do a lot of planning at home anymore, I'm still getting emails from students and parents and work mm-hmm. and keeping up on stuff. And there's really no other, well, I shouldn't say no other job. There aren't a whole lot of jobs that require that of you. That you're, And my job in particular, since it's a private school, I'm supposed to live according to a certain standard. For instance, I have tattoos while I'm at work. I am required to carefully cover these tattoos really? because, yeah, like I can show you, I covered them up. Even on the wrist, that's not okay? No, not okay. Huh. Um, because apparently if you have tattoos, you're a naughty, naughty teacher. And you're mm, a bad example. You <laughs> Despite the fact that most of our parents have tattoos. Um, <laughs> As if it's setting some sort of bad example. Right. Or that technically in what my contract. I know. And <laughs> technically in my contract, I think I'm not allowed to do like any carousing or... I don't know. I still go out drinking. I think I'm over 21. Yeah, right. Like a responsible adult. It's like, I think I can... I understand you don't want a teacher, you know, taking it all off on a stripper pole and going, woo! But I think that there's a happy medium between that yeah, absolutely. and just, you know, sitting at home drinking tea every night. Right. <laughs> Which is like with this podcast, for example, I had to be very careful with drawing the line between like, sure, we're having a chat over a couple of drinks. But it could very easily go on the other side of that line, and then it looks like, oh, these are irresponsible teachers. We don't want them to be educating our youth. And that's not the case at all, because like you said, we can have a life. And that's part of the reason why I'm kind of disappointed that I have to keep this somewhat anonymous. I'm hoping I can kind of peel away those layers more and more. But like you said, like we have these ridiculous expectations of us, you especially in a private school, and no one else has to deal with that. Like, you work at a private corporation, they're not going to judge what you do on the weekend if you have a beer with a buddy. There's no. nothing else like it. There isn't. And I feel like we're held to higher standards than people that are, even have public office. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not saying much, but uh, that is true. People in public office, they do have way less expectations. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, what was it? The uh, mayor of Romeoville just got caught for a DUI or Did something? Did he really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Romeoville. <laughs> nice job. I haven't really followed it, but there's this whole, um, I don't even know her name, the, some like porn star with the, the prez going on. Oh, yeah. The Stormy Daniels thing. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- there's a lot coming out about that. I honestly, I've been tuning out the media lately. I'm so detached because yeah. it's like, you know what? I can watch soap operas on Hulu if I really wanted to. I don't want it on my news. The news is just off the hook. Crazy pants right now. <laughs> but I did have one student tell me this week, which kind of broke my heart. You know who Cardi B is, right? Unfortunately, yes. Oh. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I do like Cardi B. There's just a couple songs that I'm like, I hate this song when it comes on. But So... Girlfriend said in a Cosmo interview, and I use it as an example to my students, do not write like this. She says, just because you a stripper don't mean you don't have no brain. And it's like, oh, what the no. fuckity fuck? <laughs> yes, it does if you talk like that. <laughs> That's right, because she, she started as a stripper and then she worked her way up and now people can idolize her. Which, which you know, I'm good not, for trying, her. To, I'm not mean, trying to pass judgment. Like, yeah, good for her. She rose the ladder. But just because you a stripper don't mean you don't have no brain. And I told my students, because I try to teach them correct English, and it's just like, do you want to sound like that? And they said, like, but yeah. she works, she makes a lot of money, and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, what the fuck? So yeah. our society glorifies these people, and at the same time, 
we're held to Puritan standards <laughs> while the society glorifies her, but always wants to flog us. It just seems a little bit, I don't know, unfair. Do you buy into the, the model of everyone should go to college to earn a fair way, especially when you think about people that they make it in the NBA or they have a rap career after their stripper career or uh, like, especially because a lot of those people make way more than we do. <laughs> I tell my kids all the time that not everybody should go to college. I mm-hmm. say, if you're good with technical skills, get right. a plumber's license, get mm-hmm. an electrician license, work on cars. Those guys make a hell of a lot. Or gals, there's girls, there's ladies who <laughs> right. are also... All body quality. Sorry, I don't want to be sexist. <laughs> I want to be true, inclusive. Though. There are people that have these licenses. People, there it is. Yeah, and that's something that is a very unpopular opinion. And I feel like a year ago, even still now, if you say that as a teacher, you're going to be frowned upon. Which is nuts. Although I, there was a, a PD where now they're starting to offer manufacturing stuff in my school. They're going to offer uh, welding in my school next year, uh, like dental hygienist. They stuff should. Like that. CNA. People, there yeah. are people need to do these essential right. jobs. Otherwise, we'll just have everybody that wants to be a philosophy major and work at some university, and then we're going to have nobody that fixes a car, which is a respectable position, one that I wish I could fill because I want that skill, but we need to fill those jobs. And I feel like you're if you keep saying you have to go to college, you have to live a better life than your parents, that's kind of a diss on... Your parents. Yeah, exactly. Which And you don't want to do that because, well, one, it's wrong, and two, it sends a terrible message. It's like, look how bad they are working so right. hard, you know, at... It doesn't matter if your parents are working at Walmart, they're working and they're mm-hmm. trying to make, you know, a living to support their family. Right. Um, and I don't think that we should build the society where we have these bourgeois values of, oh, oh look at us, we went to college, let's frown mm-hmm. upon those service workers. You need those service workers. Right. Especially, so like a lot of my kids, I've been holding them accountable for, like, they, they keep throwing shit in the hallways like rappers. And I'm like, hey... Our, uh, one of our custodians' name is Luis. But like, why are you being disrespectful to, to Luis and his time? He's got a million other things that he can do, earning an honest living. And they sometimes take a step back and like, you know what? You're actually right. Other kids, they don't give a shit. But <laughs> There are always those that turn back. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but it is a shame, though, that that's kind of the trend that we've seen. I'm hoping it kind of turns around, at least at my school, but... I hope so, too, because it's classist, and again, not everybody needs to go to college. Based upon what I saw at you at the uh, university we went to together, I don't think everybody should go to college. I took some classes with people that I think just were there (laughs) because their parents made them go. Yeah, 100%, yeah. And it was like, I feel gross being in this class with you because you have no (laughs) sense of like intellectual engagement because I don't want to sound like a snob, but here goes. I went to a very snooty, elitist, small New England college that I loved dearly and it was fun. And it was really fun to park my clunker old car behind some girl's brand new BMW and have her look at me like, (laughs) but at the same time, at least at that school, I felt like there was a real discourse. There was a real conversation. There was real thought. Most people did the work. And at the university we went to, which is, and I, again, I, we went to class with very smart kids, with kids that were very engaged, people who are now doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. But there were also kids there that I'm like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You don't give a cool. shit about any of this. Oh, and you should see some of the people at professional development. You're like, I'm scared that you're in the classroom <laughs> for like more than two years because there's some people that, yeah, it, it's scary. That's I'll leave it at that. But There is a teacher at my school. 
uh, that cannot control her classroom. And they're younger kids, too. And there's under 30 of them. And I'm just looking at her like I was like eight months pregnant in a CPS high school (laughs) with 30 Assyrian boys that were strangling each other in the back of the classroom. (laughs) And I could control them after a while. And you can't control these like little kids. You've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do empathize. Like, I, I can't even imagine going a whole year with that like like the they must dread going in every single day like there's some days when i'm like you know i really don't feel it today i couldn't even imagine if i had a class that was like off the chain just oh i couldn't either i mean even student teaching i took over like two really wild classes i set up rules most of them fell into line most some of them didn't but nothing you can do about (laughs) them yeah nothing you can do about them um, but you have to establish some sort of consistency in your rules and the way you do things because that makes it seem more fair. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand teachers who can't control their classrooms. Like mm-hmm. there's a teacher on my floor from the middle school who cannot control the same set of kids I can easily control. Mm-hmm. He's constantly yelling. He's constantly just, why do you guys have to do this? Like, you're not accomplishing anything. They're tuning you out. Mm-hmm. I've even talked to these kids. I'm like, why does he yell so much? They go, I don't know. <laughs> We're not even listening. That's always awkward when you you ever have a kid vent about how like uh, like another teacher is like and you're like I, I, don't tell me names I don't want to hear any of that because it's like they're still my colleague like it's it's always an awkward moment. I used to sort of help out an aspire class, which is sort of like a college prep class okay. uh, for kids that come from backgrounds that typically don't go to college. And I helped out in this classroom when I was still student teaching in CPS. And the students would just tell me, because this Aspire teacher, she hated her job. She hated being there. Oh, and they can tell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're miserable. They can feel the misery and they're miserable being near you. And they would just tell me, this class sucks. This is horrible. She doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't like being here. Kids are a lot smarter than people give them credit for. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, this was fun, though. This is a... Do you have like any like parting thing or anything that you want to get out there before we wrap up? Just one last thing. I didn't know that this job required so much arts and crafts. (laughs) 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 Really, that is my last imparting thought is that in our entire coursework that we did together, did anybody inform us of how much of our job was arts and crafts? Differentiated answers. They said give them a creative outlet, but that's about it. I mean... I've done so many different art projects. I love doing them. Don't get me wrong. It's just I had no idea this was my job description. Sitting, sitting there on a Sunday giving them the example art project. Got like- yes. I had to do this big art project. There's an auction that our school is doing, and it was this long, drawn-out thing. I had to spend like a bunch of money at Joanne's Fabrics and stuff. <laughs> I had no idea this was part of my job, but I'm getting used to it, and hopefully I'll get more crafty and Pinteresty as the years go on. Yeah, exactly. Well, with that in mind, thank you for being on this week and sure. chatting all the way down this far south, especially because you're, you're up pretty far north. Yeah. Um, but no, this was fun, though. We'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. So uh, that was episode, uh, this is part two, so 34 uh, of Classroom Brew. Make sure you rate and review, spread the word, all those good things at Classroom Brew on your favorite social media. You can also reach us at classroombrew at gmail.com, facebook.com slash classroombrew, or just give us a quick Google and that'll bring it to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, all the places you can listen to us. So, uh, Diana, thank you again for being on. Uh, everybody else, thank you for listening. And as always, class dismissed. <laughs>